Welcome to the Harley Flanagan Show. It was about a year ago that my friend Anthony Bourdain told me I was going to be on the Lower East Side episode of Parts Unknown, which is airing November 11th. Obviously, none of us knew it was going to be the last episode when we filmed it. And uh, it's kind of bittersweet, but it was a great experience. And he was a great guy. I first, uh, we, we first crossed paths back in the late 70s, probably 79, on the Lower East Side and around clubs like Max's and Tracks and Botany and Irving Plaza and so many other places. And uh, it wasn't actually an, a, until 2013 or 14 that we wound up reconnecting and um, really getting to know each other. Back in the old days, I was just a kid, so. But uh, when I finally did meet him, it was, uh, meet him again, I should say. It was at an MMA event. It was uh, actually the first sanctioned MMA event in New York. And then I uh, started teaching his daughter jujitsu. That's when we really got to know each other. And um, he actually read my book before any of you and uh, gave me some thoughts and ideas. I shared it with him when I was in the final editing stage and, and asked him what he thought. And he gave me some amazing advice. Um, he told me what he thought I should write more about. Uh, and I did, I went and I wrote more and I did re-edited it a little bit. And uh, I gotta say, I, it, it came out a better book because of his advice, you know? I gotta thank, thank Tony for that, and uh, and also for having me on his show. Now, uh, you know, people have asked me what was he like to hang out with. Uh, he seemed like a really cool guy. This, that, the other, and I gotta tell you, he he was a really cool guy. He was. You're lucky when you meet someone like that. You know, I really enjoyed every conversation that we had. And, uh, you know, just the way he interacted with people, he was so gracious, you know, all the time. People were always approaching him. Oh, can I take a picture? Can I this? Can I that? that? And, you know, he, uh, I never saw him turn anybody down. He was always super friendly and always had a smile for everybody. And uh, anyway, some of you may have seen this next clip I'm gonna show you. It's a conversation that me and him had right around the time that my book came out. It was filmed by New York natives. And uh, I just want to share it with everybody out there who hasn't seen it. And uh, this will really give you an idea of what it was like to have a conversation with Anthony Bourdain. I think you'll... Uh, You'll, you'll appreciate it. He was a great guy, and uh, we all miss him. Anyway, here you go.
I, I never saw the Cro-Mags. I, I, I never. <laughs> I know you from the Stimulators. That, that, that blew my mind when you told me that you saw us play. I remembered, you know, standing out front of Max's Kansas City in like 19, what did it have to be, 1980? 1981, yeah, 80, because they were close. And trying to get in, one. and you know, and who's this fucking thirteen-year-old kid who's just walking through walls, you know, getting <laughs> served, you know, gliding by the doorman? It was like, oh yeah, no, that's Tony Flanagan, man. He's the drummer for the Senators. Yeah, well, how come he gets? What, what? What? How have the laws of the universe changed that allow this kid to move in a grown-up world? And I think that's one of the thing, one of the many things that's interesting about the book is. Here you were at age, what, 13, 14, yeah, and earlier. Yeah, well, when I started playing with them, I was like 12, 13, 12. I didn't want it to just be my story. I wanted people to be able to read it and get an idea of what New York was like. You know, like, like almost like a, like a Huck Finn type of a story of yeah. the Lower East Side in the 80s. Like, you know what it was like being a kid and all that madness. It really was madness, dude. Almost nobody had a childhood like you, though. I mean, really, yeah, almost I, no one. I, I mean, but he wrote the book at age, what, seven? Yeah. With a forward by Allen Ginsberg? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, <laughs> that, that happened to me, too. <laughs> no, no, actually, he didn't. Um, you know, I think my first comment to you after I read the first draft of the book was, look, the person who, you know, in the film version, in yeah, the film man. version of this book, Whoever plays your mom is the one getting the Oscar. You know, that's the juiciest role, for, you know, in, in, in my view. And clearly this was a pivotal, really important figure, not just in your life, but I mean in everything that was going on. And I think, uh, you're, I guess your, your mom and your aunt as well. These were two like rather extraordinary women who, for better or worse, put you into some pretty amazing, you know, an amazing orbit. Yeah, they did. Um, not for nothing, man. My mom would be so, you know, she died just over a year ago, so. But she would be so fucking thrilled to, to see me and you talking about this right now. <laughs> she was a big fan of yours, and uh, when I told her that I met you, she was like, oh, wow, she was, of course, she was already pretty sick at that point, but um, she'd be really proud right now, dude. And, and when you said that to me, that, I didn't really include in a lot about my mom and, and my childhood because a lot of it was really hard for me to swallow, you know, and I didn't want to sound like I was dogging her in any way, like she put me on this fucking roller coaster ride, which in a lot of ways she did, you know, but, you know, to be fair, she was, a, you know, a flower child, you know, a 60s per, uh, hippie, you know, I guess her idea of educating me and stuff was exposing me to the world as much as she could. And, you know, I mean, my mom got me the Sex Pistols record, like, when it first came out. You know, she was fucking cool. You know, she went into a record store in London and she's like, what are the kids listening to now? Like, what's the current shit? And the dude cracked out the Pistols' first album and the Damned's first album and, like, some stiff 45s, like Reckless Eric and Nick Lowe and whatever other bullshit. And so it's like my mom kind of in a way, <laughs> yeah, I owe, I owe a lot to her. I think, you know, my, my dad was in the music industry. He worked for Columbia Records back in the, uh, I guess, late 60s and sort of the golden age, Clive Davis era, uh, 70s. And um, 
to his credit, he worked in the classical music division. Uh, both parents were heavily into like opera and classical music, but they were very, very supportive of any time I expressed any interest in any kind of music, as long as it was music, whether they liked it or not, they were supportive of it. So that was, you know, I, uh, something I'm grateful about. And it's, yeah. um, you know, my dad would drive me to the Fillmore East when I was 12, 13. I mean, he wasn't leaving me alone there. I mean, he'd, <laughs> he'd let me and my friends go in and he'd pick us up afterwards yeah. and, you know, get us, get us home. Uh, so I was hardly a, a street kid. Um, I didn't have a childhood like yours. Uh, but I was exposed to a lot of music early on. And my parents were encouraging of that. It's funny because, you know, you, you're talking about how your family were always exposing you to music, and obviously mine did. I gotta say, sadly, I, I really didn't expose my kids to a, as much music as I probably should have, but it was more out of fear, honestly. Like, I had, you know, I had a lot of great experiences, but I fucking grew up so fast, and I, I had so many bad experiences that I didn't want them to get the bug. Like, I honestly felt like, you know, jujitsu and MMA is fucking way safer, man. I way have to yeah. be like pro fighters I'm than like pro way. musicians because. Uh, I'm waiting for my daughter to know, say, Daddy, I want to be a chef. I'm going to be like, ah, you know. <laughs> you know, I'm a musician. I just can't help it, man. I, I'm, I'm up at night, like, two, three in the morning because I can't sleep because I, I have riffs that I have to figure out how to play them. And I have time signatures that are driving me crazy. I'm like, oh, this beat is so. And, it's like it borderlines on like psychosis. <laughs>